I felt as though no matter how many hours I worked, um, you know, how many of the little tricks I would use to try to, you know, manage the workload, I still was never getting on top of things. I'm your host, Anna Malikian, and before we start, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone to access all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at Mindset.Zone. And if you want to get the free chapter of my book, Mindset Zone, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. Today, our special guest is Mary Stellatello. Over the last 30 years, Mary has worked in the nonprofit, philanthropic, and corporate sectors, and she led five different nonprofit organizations focused on children and youth development both domestically and internationally. And in 2010, she founded Vista Global Coaching and Consulting, which became Wisconsin's first certified B Corp in 2012. So welcome to the Mindset Zone. Thank you so much, Anna. I'm really thrilled to be with you here today to talk about this incredibly important topic. Yes. And when we met via this with the change that is this group of women leaders in certified big corporations like yourself uh, and other proven driven uh, purpose driven companies uh, who really believe that business can be a force for good. And um, I was lucky enough to speak uh, again in the last retreat of the of the with the change and that my my topic was how to help purpose-driven leaders and organizations to increase their impact while preventing burnout. And after that, we had several Zoom calls about this topic of burnout prevention. And I decided, you have to come to my podcast. Please come to this. We have to speak about this. And you said, yes. So thank you so much. Because you have several burnout stories and the recover of the burnout. So from our conversations, I know that uh, your encounters with burnout was not just one, was several. Uh, but uh, think about uh, one of them and tell us a little bit how did you felt that you were burning out? Well... Um, thanks for that lovely intro. And I, you know, I just want to add one other piece to us getting to know each other and arriving uh, here today on um, this episode is, um, you know, having the opportunity to take a formal assessment around burnout, which, uh, you know, is really um, fabulous to have that as a tool because, you know, burnout is sort of one of these you know, intangible, intangible uh, experiences. You can't necessarily explain it, but you feel it. And to be able to have a, a framework around evaluating it, I think is really helpful to um, allow 
um, someone to figure out what are some next steps. Um, so that was fabulous. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's listening. And I'm sure Anna will share that um, as part of the show notes. But I I didn't have that prior. I did just experience um, the various signs of burnout. And in particular, I think the, the, upper, the experience that you and I talked most about was when I was running a, a, a global nonprofit organization um, that supported um, high school exchange students and um, a very high stress and high risk business where you're dealing with minors and you're dealing with young people, thousands of them all over, all over the world. Um, you know, we had um, eight, close to 2000 students that were coming into the United States for their high school experience. And uh, the third day on the job, um, the number two person who had been there for almost 10 years told me that he was going to be leaving and that he took another job and he was leaving in less than three weeks. And so I, you know, didn't have that nice honeymoon period that you often have when you come new in new into a role. Um, I was on um, fast track of trying to gather as much information as I could from him to understand his role, which was the largest role in the organization of managing um, the field program. So he was managing hundreds of uh, part-time contractors and I, um, so he left and basically I ended up doing his job and my job for uh, close to eight or nine months, um, maybe 10. And um, in in this type of environment, which is, uh, you know, there's not a lot of room for error if you're dealing with children and you're dealing with international consequences as well. So... so so I stress without any doubt uh, was your throw like to the lion, so to speak, without having time to prepare. You had your professional experience, but uh, uh, was uh, a lot of work to the capacity in terms of time that you had that, uh, and the, even the resources that you can mobilize at the time because you were new in the organization. And how did you felt that pressure and how did you felt that that you feel that the 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 description of burnout is a good description uh you know a few things um which i mean i you know i have I had been in other jobs that were um high you know requirement of uh effort and um you know some of the other experiences that you and I talked about um you know I had also worked in an international environment and when I uh left a position I was working for a foundation they hired three people to <laughs> replace, to replace me so <laughs> that was a sign that perhaps I was trying to do too much um, and, you know, I have a, a, a pretty high capacity for managing projects and managing details. And, um, you know, it's just part of my personality. Um, but I could never in this circumstance, I could never get above water. I felt as though no matter how many hours I worked, um, you know, how many of the little tricks I would use to try to, you know, manage the workload, I still was never getting on top of things. Um, you know, I was just racing from one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, you know, I would basically say to anybody, if you need me for anything, 
don't send me an email. This was back in the days where everybody worked in the office. Yes. Um, you're going to have to pr- put something on my chair because otherwise I'm not going to see it. I have hundreds of emails coming in every, you know, every day. And, um, and, and so, but I could still never manage it. I was, yeah. you know, first time in my life, I have panic attacks. I never had that before. I didn't, I thought I was having a heart attack, but people assured me I was just having a panic attack. Um, so these were some of the signs that um, you- I, I knew I was not going in the right direction as far as maintaining so, self-care. Almost that image that you were in a treadmill going very fast and you still had to juggle a ton of things and you felt that things were dropping and you never could catch up. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, on a treadmill and it was going faster and it had no ability to get off the treadmill yeah. or hit the, uh, you know, the red button on the treadmill, which, you know, we do yes. have on treadmills to stop it. Yes. Um, yes, indeed. And even with all that and all the pressures, the, the toll in your em- emotional health, you stay in that position for a while. Well, I mean, I, yes. I mean, I probably, I, a while is, you know, a relative term. I think in some circumstances, people would maybe think I got out of that position pretty quickly. But I would say that I knew within a few months, like this was not the right place for me. Um, even though I had a dream and a vision, like this was the ideal, perfect, you know, uh, position. I, I wanted to, you know, this is my fifth executive director role. I, I had a vision of this was the type of organization I wanted to, to lead. And that after that, I would transition into doing consulting work. And that was sort of the plan. And I got into this role. And within a few months, I knew this was not I wasn't going to be here for three years, which was sort of my initial vision. And I made it like 15 months. 15 months. That is still a long time, 15 months. And one of the things that I love about the, uh, these stories that shows that burnout can come in very different shapes and forms. And uh, uh, when you were so graciously at the beginning saying about speaking about my the assessment that I use for assessing the burnout profile and uh, the work that I do at that level, when I do any speaking engagement, often I like to start by saying that nobody until today asked me, what is burnout? Everybody has an intuitive feeling because they had some kind of experience that the title of burnout is a good description. And there are many types of experience and you are describing one of it. So it's really, uh, I think for anybody listening out there, burnout comes in many shapes and forms and the degrees of intensity uh, that we should be aware of it and do something about it. And another thing that your story also illustrates very well is that sometimes in our professional career, mainly in the beginning, when we are young and we can handle the, pre- uh, I think with age, we become wiser. But in the beginning, sometimes we, we have to go over several burnout cycles to realize that what we are living is not really the best way of being leading our professional lives and our lives. And you you had to go to several burnouts to realize that, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're, I think there's a s- several um, 
factors. I mean, when you're younger, you do have more energy and you, uh, you know, you are able maybe to take on more. Um, two, I would say, you know, uh, when we're earlier in our careers and particularly as women, women. we have an, uh, an added pressure of needing to prove ourselves. Yes. Um, and so you're trying to demonstrate your value, your worth. And with that, you know, pushing yourself to take on more, um, to, uh, to, to demonstrate that you have the capability to advance in your career. And that, um, you know, that's a myth of performance and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> around <laughs> bias in the workplace and, and, uh, you know, being a, a woman, um, leader. So stay tuned, I'm sure for a different chapter, a different episode on that, yes. but, um, recognizing also that, you know, working harder and more doesn't actually equate to better, you know, performance or success. Yeah. And the the image that I use, because I was there myself during so many years is, and I totally at the time, do you remember the Energizer Bunny, the little pick mm-hmm. brand of the battery yeah. commercials with the little drum that will going uh, drumming over and over and over, outlasting all the other ones? I proudly said, I'm like that Energizer Bunny. I will go, I keep working and working and I will outlast everybody else. And I was proud of right. it. And yeah. I think many women, we we are very proud of our capacity, of our work ethic, our capacity of endurance. Uh, and we keep going and going without realizing that if we use that energy in a little way, we a different way, we can uh, create a bigger impact out there and without sacrificing so much. Yes, well said. <laughs> but... Uh, you almost, how do you say, because I think is that is the pressure of the, the society, the culture, our own per- personality, they are into play. You, you had burnout, you recover, you went back, you had another position. And then finally you decide to uh, start your own company. That seems that was something that was already there in the background, but you decide to go for it. And in the process, you move to a new place. So uh, where were you before? And then how did you move to this new location? Yeah. So I was in California in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, And, you know, after the position that I just talked to you, uh, explained, um, I actually transitioned into consulting and I worked for a national firm. Um, so I didn't immediately transition into starting my own business. Um, that, you know, that was, uh, t- way too risky in my mind of taking that step out. So, um, I, I knew I wanted to do consulting and I was, um, interested in, in learning the, the ropes and the process. And so I was excited to have the opportunity to work for the national firm, um, that, um, focused on, you know, uh, supporting non nonprofits. So I mm-hmm. felt like this was the great Perfect. next step, um, based, you know, on my experience, uh, and work experience. And so I did that for about four years, had a, another version of burnout, a little bit different, but, um, 
And then I made a geographic move to Wisconsin, which was a big shift um, to the Midwest. And, um, you know, never thought I would, uh, at that point, didn't, didn't think I would start my own business, but actually I couldn't stay with the firm. They weren't, you know, interested in having me relocate and I wanted to keep consulting. And so I really became an accidental entrepreneur and said, okay, I'll set up my shingle and do the same stuff that I've been doing, which I really enjoy, but under my own banner. And so that's when I started Vista Global. And that move, that move, and especially I think the new location, the new environment, the new culture, uh, you're running your own company, create the opportunity for you to start to do things in a different way, correct? Uh, Well, it definitely allowed me to kind of have a reset um, I, I'm not sure if you talk to my husband, if he, he would agree that I was doing things in a different way. Um, you know, he certainly is, that was a great touchstone for me, um, to give me a perspective of how you, um, can work hard and do good work and not work 70 hours a week because he didn't do that. Um, he, you know, he worked for a large institution. He worked, you know, eight to five. He never worked at night. He never worked on the weekends. It was a very different way of integrating work into his whole life. And I, you know, I also came from a family of entrepreneurs. My father is a serial entrepreneur, you know, had multiple um, restaurants when I was growing up. I mean, that was my role model of work you know, where you, you blend work into your personal life, but you also don't ever stop it. It's sort of always there. Yeah. Um, and, and so and it even, was a really good touchstone. Yeah. And even the San Francisco and the, uh, how do you say, is one of the places in the, uh, in the California that is more high pace, high demand. And so you are totally into the culture there. And for me, it's fascinating how much these systemic forces are uh, putting some pressure on us and what is normal and what is expected. And sometimes we have to be like a duck out of water and seeing other people doing things in a different way. And so, oh, ah, there is a different way. We start to see our own blind spots. Yeah. Well, yes. So the social cues also quite different. Um, you know, in the um, work, you know, outside of work and how do you approach work, but, you know, also um, everybody, you know, that my husband interacted with those then became my social circles were, you know, doing things on the weekends, not working, uh, doing things in during the week, not working. And so it was about a mindset shift for me around, um, a value like I and I have a, I'm doing enough, um, and that that the shoulds where you are dr- trying to drive your business. I mean, and understanding starting a new business isn't a nine to five job. So yeah. you know that doesn't happen. I mean, the first few years I was working many many hours because you're doing everything, um, and that's kind of part of that ramping up period. But I also um, you had to, you know, I had to really rework the psychology of I am doing enough. I am doing more than enough um, to start to try to turn the dial back on working constantly. 
Yeah, and this associating our value that is almost that we are only worthy if we work, 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 work. We are right. not worthy if we relax and enjoy and have a leisure time. It's like if they, that diminish our quality as a person. I think that, that um, is the pressures there are very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And being surrounding by an environment where that is one of the things that I always, I'm originally from Portugal and I was raised and uh, until my adult years, I was living in different European countries besides Portugal. I live in Spain and also in England. And there is a different culture in terms of the, the weekend time and the yes. off time is yes. much more honored as something that. The, is part of life, even uh, going to a coffee and the, on the weekends and spending time with friends and family, dining. Is, there is a, a special place in the European culture for that, that I think here in the United States sometimes is uh, uh, looked down to. Oh, they are losing their time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, them. you know, and I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. And by the way, I'm very excited. I'm going to Portugal in September, so I can't oh. wait to have some time there. <laughs> but, you know, I have spent a lot of time in Latin America. And in particular, actually, um, I um, relocate my business to Mexico for the winter. My husband's retired and now. And so we spend the winter months in Mexico and I work from there and I still work full time. But the pace, as you're just talking about, what's acceptable, what's expected, how do you approach your work and balance um, more you know, of your time, relational time, um, that is accepted and actually expected in, in that culture. And so that also helps me slow down and be more disciplined. And, you know, I've also used other tips and tricks to... Um, to shift my mindset around productivity. And, you know, I think one of the things that helped me with that, and I know you and I talked about this in one of our previous calls was reading um, Tony Schwartz's article early, like 2009, eight, nine, around the productivity paradox and his work on the energy project. And, you know, the focus being man not managing your time, but managing your energy. And where is your energy? And it, how full is your tank of energy? And where do you get that energy? And so that for me was really helpful to start shifting like uh, the depletion of energy and just saying, you know what, I have to block my calendar that says Zoom free time because that's part of what's going to, you know, help me increase my energy. For and me- yeah, for me, that click happened when I, several years ago, I trained to run half marathon and then I was following a schedule yeah. following and I realized there was a rest day. And then I started to learn about high performance in sports and for athletes that a millisecond counts results. So they say they are measuring their results in milliseconds. They know that resting and recovering is essential for high performance. So the managing, like you are saying, the manage of the energies, the other tricks is more important in my opinion that managing the time is managing our energy because we right. can achieve the same things or even more, I will argue, 
if we learn that. And then with the extra time is not to do more things, is to enjoy life. <laughs> we, have the, we have the right of place. It's creating, I like to, the term work sustainability. We speak about environment mm -hmm. sustainability. And we also right. have to create a work sustainability that we can working until whenever we want in terms of our age, but we are enjoying and we are making a difference. Yeah, you know, to build on that, Anna, is valuing that not doing time with the same level of importance as the doing time, right? So like blocking that time on my calendar of Zoom free and, and seeing that as important as this phone call that I'm going to have. Yeah. And, and that, that mindset shift is a really important one. He's honoring the being time. Right. Just, we are beings and we have to honor just being <laughs> in this planet as, as something that is totally worth uh, to honor and to be grateful for. So what will be for people listening that maybe are in the burnout cycles or maybe are recovered from the burnout cycles? What are like, can you give us some practice that you have put in place in, in the past years that helps you remain in that more enjoyable and sane space? Uh, sure. And I think, you know, everybody has to find it for themselves. Um, I also think that um, the pandemic really um, gave everyone universally a wake up call of how do I reclaim my energy because the fatigue, Zoom fatigue, you know, the video fatigue is a real thing. And so people had to think about how do I step away to regain my energy. So you know, I already mentioned the Zoom free hour, which I, I literally step away from my desk and you have lunch. You know, I always put it on my lunch hour and I'm really pretty sacred about that. Um, so, you know, having time during the day where I'm away from the screen, um, you know, another thing just kind of in this technology theme is well, hey, can we just have a phone call? Oh, how 2010 that is, you know, <laughs> not to be on video. Whoa. But again, that lowers the cognitive load as far as your work, uh, you know, functioning with your work uh, environment. Things to you know, help balance my work um, versus my non-work um, time. You know, I, um, I walk my dog twice every morning. Very, very, uh, you know, committed uh, ritual. I get up, I walk my dog and I don't, use anything in my ears, no podcast, no, nothing, no more sensory input, just what's Nature. happening in the world, mm -hmm. natural inf information input. Um, and so that's how I start my days. And at the end of my day, my phone is not next to my bed. It's away from my bed. And I don't really look at my phone until after I walk the dog. So I break myself in the technology um, as well to separate from that. And I'm pretty committed to, um, exercise and I, but I have been my whole life. Um, so that's easier for some than others. Um, but, but those are a few things And my, my husband, and I always had dinner together because he's the chef and I'm also, I get the benefit of great food at home. I love it. Valuable. 
And let me just underline some of the things that uh, I think can give ideas that are so important for other people, even if they are in the um, in a time that is they are working, working and is very intense. But doing that small breaks like the lunch break to restart is incredible, powerful. All they say, the thing that we just can drag, drag, drag is when we start to do more mistakes, when things and it takes the double of the time to do the thing. So the yeah. starting the day with a ritual and then do that break at lunchtime to give us the restart, allow us to be much more focused and intentional in the afternoon. And I love that you are bringing nature that you, the dogs, the, our amazing pets can be so healthy for us because they make us to go outside, make us walk, and how you are integrating that in your day-to-day -day and the, the meals and the, leaving the electronics a little bit, uh, being intentional in the use of the electronical devices. So all of that, we know that are good practice for well-being, for all aspects of well-being, and you are practicing them. Let me ask one question about your sleep habits. Do you think that in mm. this, uh, did you start to increase your sleeping time? Because that is something that we have the tendency when we are yeah. in the burnout cycle to cut out. Oh, okay. I need oh. a little bit more. Let me, I take it out of the sleep. Do you, yeah. are you, you, are you t taking more care about your honoring your sleep? Oh, yes, I am. And that, that's, uh, you know, that was definitely not the case. Um, when I was starting my business, when I um, was living alone, you know, I would work until midnight. I mean, I wouldn't work after midnight. So, you know, that I thought was like, that's good. And that now, was the cutting point. Yeah, that was the cutting point. <laughs> I can't work into tomorrow today. No. But um, now it's like, no, I mean, I very rarely will do anything after dinner. Now, yeah. I mean, sometimes I have to finish up a few things, but pretty much everything is shut down at, at my desk and, um, you know, really try to get to to, to bed uh, before between 9.30 and 10. Yeah. So that's a big shift, two hours shift, that, um, which has really made a big difference. And for me, I'm also in that same journey. And it's incredible when I look to what I'm doing the results that I get now comparing to five, 10 years ago, I'm, I have more things that I can do and create more impact out there, but it's almost the Parkinson law in effect, uh, the, uh, in the sense uh, of if we have a, a, a X amount of time, we will use that amount of time to do what we need to be done. So if we have twice the amount of time, we are going to use twice the amount of time, but if we reduce that and if we manage to uh, manage our energy and intention, we can uh, do a lot in the more limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. Well said. So, so, so important. So with this, and hopefully people have ideas here to really press the pause button and reflect about this, seeing how uh, these cycles of burnout can taking a big toll in themselves and in their health. And hopefully um, we'll start to experiment with alternatives. And if they want to learn more about the work that you do as a coach and consultant, where they can learn more about you and about the work you do. 
Um, well, of course, I'm in all of those platforms that everybody uses on social media and the internet, but I think the best way to get um, a deeper understanding of my work is on my website, which is uh, www.vistaglobalcc, like coaching and consulting.com, vistaglobalcc.com. And, um, and then also on uh, LinkedIn, you know, I'm pretty active paying attention to my LinkedIn page, which is Mary Stalatello on my personal page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will make sure that all those links going in the show notes. And I also will put the uh, links to other episodes here in the Mindset Zone podcast, where I speak about burnout and burnout prevention, and also about the B Corp because it's this great movement that is helping us rethink many things. Now we are running our business and proving that we can have successful businesses that uh, produce profits, but also take care of the people, everybody involved, including ourselves as the business owners and the planet. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we've connected on that uh, path. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for you, the work that you do also in the We The Change that I will put the link here in the show notes about the We The Change too, because we really can be the change and uh, taking care of ourselves at the same time. Thank you, Anna. It was wonderful to have the opportunity to go deeper into this topic together. My pleasure. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. And if you want to get a free chapter of my book, Mindset Zone, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.